Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. to flame on i am brian and i am here with a very special guest uh someone who i've been talking to for a little while now and who's uh i've been a fan of his comic work uh since it started coming out last year i think this is dave abersole how are you dave i'm great how are you i'm 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 thrilled to be here awesome and dave if you have not heard me talk about it before on the this show or our friends over the comic bears show Dave is doing a book with Delia Gable called Dash and Dash. Uh, well, I'll let you you pitch it. I'll let you give your pitch about it because I know I've talked about it at least on one or two episodes. So so what is what is Dash about? Oh, it's going it to be so easy if you did it for me. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like um, to think of it as like, I mean, gay noir, but I mean, that's too reductive. That's too simplistic. So, I mean, please. I, well, we, we, we pitched it as a, a supernatural noir uh, comic with an openly gay detective in 1940. That's that that was our pitch um, when we when Dealey and I were uh, tossing it around to publishers. Um, it was kind of kind of like a Maltese Falcon meets the Mummy meets Raiders of the Lost Ark, but just the protagonist is he's openly gay. And it's not like it's not like this, like, you know, like the like the noir detective kind of like the gay detective is not like a new it's not a new thing. You know, it's 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 I, but we really wanted I, I didn't want to write someone who was angsty in the closet about who he was. I, I think that story has been done and they're, I'm not taking anything away from that story. But I just thought it was interesting, like like the guy, the people who were were they who they were in, in, in that time. That story hasn't really been told because a lot of those people didn't want to be on the record, but they still existed. 
Yeah, so. I should have I should have added that extra adjective of out gay detective because you're right. Like you see that angst, you see that in the closet, you see that whole thing uh, time and again. But what I love about Dash or Dashel, who is named after a uh, uh, fiction writer Dashel, and I can't think of his last name. It's Deshiel. It's at his 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 name like is Deshiel Hammett. And- oh, Deshiel. Um, and Dashel, uh, our character is named Dashel. It's 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 a it's a pretty openly we're like we're definitely like we're we're nodding and we're also pointing in that direction. <laughs> it's 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 a pretty obvious homage. Yeah, which I I picked up uh, having been passingly familiar. So I I will admit firsthand I am not a huge noir. Uh, crime fiction guy. I've read some Parker. I've read the, uh, I think Maltese Falcon. I mean, I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've been exposed to certain work that sort of like Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of the things that sort of Dash is reminding me of, and I don't know, this is, this might be too geeky even for our show, but I was into PC gaming back in the 90s and there was a game, I think it was the early 90s, it may have even been late 80s, from Sierra Online called... Oh my gosh, are you going to say Just say it, just say Laura it. Bo, The Adventures of the Laura Bo, or the... Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I play, yes, I, I, my husband's actually more of a fan of it than I am, but uh-huh. yes, we. I love this. Oh, I can't believe you just said that. Well, because that had, and, and it's been a while, please, I, I may screw this up here, but I know the first one had... Uh, a vaguely sort of supernatural sort of element. Yes, I, it did. I, 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 all of the details of it are like, 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 yeah. they're so far, you know, I was but the, like, the tone and the humor in parts and the, if, if you are an old school gamer, you should go check it out because you will love, if you love Dash, you'll love this. And it, they just have, they're, they're kindred spirits, let's say. That's uh, that's that I that, that's just so cool that you made that. <laughs> so dash. So so I don't I don't want to spoil too much for our readers. There have been three issues out. Yes. Uh, and they're all up on Comixology. This is the thing I, I have to really get out the word about. And and you guys at Northwest uh, who publishes uh, Dash, uh, our buddy Zan and the whole team, like they're doing a much better job of getting the word out about digital comics because I think for the longest time. I know I had a hard time getting those books unless I begged my retailer to order them. But now with the internet and with Comixology and with everything else, there's no reason anybody listening cannot go right now to a device, put in their credit card if it's not already in there, and buy these issues and enjoy them right away. And they look great digitally. I'm pretty happy with them. And the cool thing when issue three came out, Comixology made us like the, the, the banner of their submit page. Oh. Like, which is like their indie page, and and I had no, like I, I just thought it was like something on my phone, like you know, like your phone, like you know, like it's like what you like or whatever. Right. I just thought it was something like that, and I was like, oh, that's 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 neat that it did that. But no, that was like an official, like we were like, I forgot what was it called? It was like their like not premiere, but like like featured were, comic or something. Yes, it's like it was like their featured submit comic, which was shocking to me. I was like, what? Yeah. I was, I kind of. I was blown away. And they don't feature Northwest or they don't they really don't feature a lot of those books often. So, I mean, even more so like that's quite an honor. Uh, And I don't know who who there does that or whatever. But I mean, have you have you been privy to digital sales numbers? Like I would think you guys probably do pretty well digitally now. I mean, especially because a lot of stores just don't carry Northwest books yet. Well, we we yes, we are doing we're, we're doing pretty good on comics allergy and like 
I I can't thank any ever like that you're reading anything that I wrote. Just thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like super like you have no idea. Um, the thing about the we are distributed through Diamond, like, and we are solicited in previews. The problem is that I know a lot of people have gone to re do a reorder on one and two and now three, and um, it says sold out, not available. Um, because you have to get, you have to, I think the, you know, and we're still trying to figure this out, like, but like, I think you have to have enough reorders of the one book to be able to submit like a full reorder. I think, I don't know how that works, but like, you know, cause I, cause we have plenty of them. Like, it's not like, you know, we, we have plenty of them. Um, so, but if you want a hard copy, just, just go to northwestpress.com. Zan is fantastic about sending things out like with lightning speed. He always finds a way of putting in some cool swag there in, in, in the packaging too. So um, if you, if you, if you want a hard copy and you can't find a hard copy around you and order directly from them, but you can put us on your pull list. I mean, I've, issue four is going to be solicited in uh, September, hopefully if it all goes well. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, 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 it's set to be set solicited in September. So we're hoping it goes through. So how involved are you in the production part? Like, do you sort of like in certain like bigger companies and do you hand it off? Like once you do a script, it's out the door and you don't see it again until it comes back and it's published. Or do you have a more hands on uh, part in the whole production process? Uh, how does that work right now? Well, I mean, I, well, I write the scripts, obviously, um, and then I hand them to Delia and then um, Delia does the and Delia does is the look of the book she's every reason that if there's any success on this book it's Delia's it's it's all Delia she is the book she is the she is the she is the penciler the inker the colorist we do have a flatter um who helps her out and but she's also the letterer which eventually I'll be taking over but um not right now the um, so she she's the look of the book the look of the book is her but she'll send me thumbnails of, of what she does and then I'll approve them or I'll say, you know, something like, you know, maybe a different angle or whatever. And then she'll do pencils um, and then send them to me. And then the inks and colors tend to go. I mean, like we're, we're constantly going back and forth, back and forth. And when she's finally done, everything is usually I, I do another pass at the book. And if like if, if something I've written doesn't necessarily match what's on the page, it, I, or, or I can find a better way of saying it than I will. I, I have changed every single issue a couple times oh, okay. uh, before before it goes out the door. I mean, not not to hold anything up, but like I mean, because we have you know we we try to make our, our our deadlines when we can. But the um, but uh, yeah, issue four. I'm like since we're waiting on it to be solicited, like I'm still making changes on it. I'm so I'm I'm actually a little nervous about issue four. We can talk about that later, but well. Um, I so realized that's, we that's sorry, continue step all over. We I, I realized we didn't even talk about what the story is, other than that he's an out gay detective. So uh, so Dash uh, is someone who from like page one, you know, or or fairly quickly end of issue one, you know, you find out that he's he's gay, and you meet his then love interest. Uh, uh, I want to I know it's gonna be wrong. What's his love? Pinkle. Plink, or? Plink, his his name's uh, Johnny Plinkett. Plink. Plink, sure. Oh, plink. Yep. So, and, and, and again, we don't want to spoil the whole thing, but basically he's not around for very long. <laughs> he's not. Uh, it's just heartbreaking because you gave, I think in one issue, uh, we were just talking about Steve Orlando's Midnighter uh, on uh, one of our shows recently. And I was impressed that in one issue, both you and Steve, like you got 
gay relationship kind of dynamic, or at least one, but you know, a common relationship dynamic down with minimal amount of storytelling. And like, you just felt like, oh, these two are together and they're really enjoying each other. They're not perfect. There's problems, but like, it was really just, just well crafted in that you got that out of the way. But I mean, you kind of had to because of what happened, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- th- thank you, by the way. It's, 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 um, and, and he, he's doing a fantastic job on Midnighter. He's just doing a fantastic job. And that Virgil's coming out. He wrote Virgil. I don't yes, know. If he, I, I heard of it, but I haven't. <laughs> I've read it. It's so good. It's so good. Cool. Um, the, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, uh, he actually, it's funny how characters kind of like, they kind of like, he, he wasn't supposed to be much and he ended up being everything actually. Um, the more we developed him and that was a, that was a really collab, it was a collaboration with, with, uh, just, just some feedback I got back on the script and then with Delia and when Delia found the look of him, that kind of like, that connected something, which is going to come up much later. Um, so, I mean, he's dead. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we've kind of alluded to that. So, yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, man, spoilers. His, spoilers. his, yeah, spoilers. His, his murder, though, really is the sort of hook of that first issue because you, you, or the twist or whatever, but it's, it certainly is what propelled me back. I mean, like, I want to know why. I want to know how. I want to know what the, the case is, really. But it's so much more personal because it was Dash's boyfriend, you know? And that's the, and the thing about a detective, you know, gay straight or whatever, that they're not supposed to necessarily like, you know, one of the tropes of the detective, one of the rules of a detective, actually, what should I say, is that they're not supposed to be in a relationship, you know, just because because relationships and, and feelings cloud the issue. And and I'm hoping that um, we that we, we, we have we worked so hard in packing like so many things into issue one that. Further down the line, you'll see that like we told you what was going to happen before it ha- before we tell you before we before the issue comes out, and I, and like we're, we're really working hard on crafting a story where when you're finished reading, you can go back and reread it and see all of the things that we were kind of planning along the way. Hopefully, without it being too obvious. Hopefully, I mean three issues in, I don't know what's going on really. I mean, especially because in that first issue and the second issue. I think only by the end of the second issue did you basically realize that there was something supernatural involved. Like it wasn't just a straight up case of, uh, you know, of murder. I mean, there is certainly more to it. And I mean, a lot of the tropes are there, of course, from classic noir. I mean, you have the the secretary, the the the, the, the spunky secretary uh, playing a big role, which she, she's 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 amazing. I mean, just. Her voice, too, is one of those characters that I've had good female friends who had that personality. <laughs> and so whenever I read it, like I'm totally hearing that, you know, as a voice um, you've got. And this this actually kind of surprised me, too. The And again, I'm not trying to spoil all the stuff, but like cops, um, both good and bad, um, both homophobic and uh, totally cool with whatever. Like I I really I like, I think it was the second issue where you really, you spend time at like the precinct and that did not unfurl the way I would have expected from just a normal, like, you know, any other story. It, it took beats that I was like, Oh, well, all right, cool. <laughs> this is, this is different. 
I mean, in a, in a good way that like, again, I think, I think what I'm trying to say is it surprises and, and I've heard this from a few other people who've read it. It surprises you. It doesn't take the, the obvious beats and you really don't know what, where it's going to go next. Well, um, I, I'm a really big fan of a book with a good supporting cast. Like I like, I, I, I come from theater and I used to be, I used to act a lot and I was always the supporting character, so I, I understand that role. <laughs> um, and, and especially the, his his his, his uh, uh, secretary and and uh, his uh, policeman friend, um, they're 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 very they're very much influenced by two really really good friends of mine. Um, it's it, they're I mean it's it's not literal autobiographical autobiographical in any way, but like they're they're inspired by them. So I, I'm I'm so happy that. They're getting <laughs> like the the feedback on those characters are getting are, are, it's coming back really well. I'm, I'm very I'm, it thrills me. It thrills me. Now I know with issue four, you're at least in the coming soon or the the next time or whatever. You're promising some answers. At least the a character is promising some answers. Uh, so what kind of arc do you have for this story? Is it, is it a fixed number of issues? Are you doing like a, like a six or five issue arc? Like what's your plan for this right now? Um, they were doing a, we're doing a six issue arc. Um, the, uh, we have, I have this mapped out to about 42, maybe 45 issues. And then it's end. there's an end We're like, I'm working toward an end. There is an end. Um, and, uh, if, if there, uh, there's six, um, uh, major, there's six, six issue arcs and then a bunch of, uh, one shots, single in, individual, um, cases, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, uh, and some of them will be slightly supernatural and some of them will be straight up mystery, new, like crime fiction, you know, like down to earth. Um, and it's a real, it's a tight rope we're walking and I, and I really want to keep on walking the tight rope and kind of like give people who are fans of all of the kind of genres, like, like something to come back to the, come to the book for, you know, and hope, and I'm hoping they'll mesh well because I love both the kind of genres and I, and, and I, I love reading both. I love when they mesh well. So I'm hoping that, hoping we're, 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 we're doing a good, okay with job with that. Um, issue four though, it does, it kind of sets up the world that going forward, like, and what the world's capable of. And like I said before, uh, Dash is it's it's a uh, like Maltese Falcon meets the Mummy meets Raiders of the Lost Ark, and we're really gonna kind of get to that Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of thing um, with issue four, um, and hopefully it doesn't go too too far off the rails for anybody. Well, it's funny you say Raiders because actually now that I think about it, I mean, okay, so he's he's not wearing the Harrison Ford outfit from Raiders, but I, <laughs> looking at it actually again. I, I see the hat or the fedora, which again is totally not just a Raiders thing, but I can kind of see him putting on like a leather or, you know, that, that, that rugged sort of explorer outfit. He's, he's not digging for any, he's not, he's not going, he's not hunt, a, he's not going to go where Indy goes in a lot of like, that's, you know, that's, that's, you know, he, he is a detective, um, and, and Indy's an archaeologist, whatever. Um, but, uh, but he's got that rugged adventure yeah. with the gun. And I mean, if he pulled out a whip, I wouldn't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, maybe he had it for other reasons. I don't know, but I'm just, you know, <laughs> maybe he had it for other reasons. Uh, um, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> and, and the other thing is, I mean, it's in the 40s. You could certainly bring in Nazis somehow. I mean, you know, that's that's certainly especially with the occult. If there is more of an occult part of it, you know, you could you, you could even go sort of a hell hellboy uh, sort of, you know, direction and involve Nazis. So, you know, I'm just saying you got you got options. <laughs> hey, Brian, keep reading. Um, and there's a there's there are big reasons um, that we said in 1940. So apart from Dash and your comic stuff that you're doing with Northwest, you also have an extensive theater background from from what I've read. I've never seen one of your productions. Uh, maybe someday I'll be fortunate enough. But what I have noticed about what I've seen you post, and again, I, I've just seen promo, you know, nothing really too in depth. But you definitely have. I mean, you know, there's 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 some obvious like you know gay lesbian themes, you know, which which you know, okay, that's that's not shocking in theater or especially from a gay uh, screenwriter or you know playwriter. But you also seem to have like superhero themes and um, other uh, maybe mm, eh, I, I don't want to say S and M because I don't know if really that's what you're going for. <laughs> I know you're, I know what play you're talking about. Well, that, so Redemption has the guy with you know the the hands bound behind his back, but yeah, I think I even saw something else that struck me. But you've also done like fringe production, so like. You know, you, you, you have a wide palette of theater for you to paint on. What kind of plays or what kind of uh, stories do you like to tell in that, in that space, in that medium? Um, the, I, well, I didn't start writing plays until I was like in my early thirties. Um, it was, I didn't start writing until my early thirties because it was something I was like, I didn't think I was very good at. I was very into directing, um, and the more I was directing and like the whole new play thing was like, you know, you know, there, 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 there was kind of not so much anymore. In fact, like it's, it's, it's wildly different now than it was, I would say even five years ago, but there, there were, there was kind of a stigma with like new plays or, you know, new plays. So, you know, it's a new playwright. Okay. All right. Whatever. Um, but, uh, when I kind of got over that, I, I, and I kind of was like, all right, well, I hope I don't suck. And here we go. Um, and I had, I had one or two really fantastic friends who gave me, who, who helped me find the confidence in myself to, to do it. Um, and I just started putting myself out there. Um, and, and people liked it. Like, since I started writing comics, my plays have kind of taken a turn toward, you know, they're, they're now guns in my shows sometimes. Um, but before that, I was, it, it was kind of, um, the, my first few plays were, I, I don't want to say autobiographical, but they were, they were based on a lot of, stuff i knew i would say mm -hmm. so and specifically like i'm looking at the church bells are all are the church bells all were broken yeah which i'm hoping to revive um next for the next philadelphia french festival not this one but the next one. Oh, sweet um and, and, and just to put it out there we have a very nice french festival here in orlando uh, I, I have been told oh, really? of the, yeah, I, I don't know. I, people tell me that it's really well regarded and da, 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 da. But, but I have been increasingly going to the fringe productions down here and they are excellent, uh, pretty much almost as a rule. Um, but anyway, but be that as a man, I'm just saying, if you ever want to put your plays out down in, you know, Florida, just, just you know, talk to me. We got people. We can figure something out. Um, but, uh, I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think especially. Oh, so I, I want to start with the religious stuff, and then I want to get to living space because that also has something that <laughs> catches my eye. But uh, so it looks like religion plays a role in some of your early work, and 
reaction to religion and religious iconography, religious themes. It's going to start playing up. It's going to start playing a role in Dash soon too. Ooh, that's 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 like my catnip. And uh, I forgot where this was. I think it was on Facebook. It may have been on Twitter. I don't remember. But there was a comment made that you came from a religious schooling background. Yes, I spent um, ten and a half years of my life at a, a, a not a, not a Catholic school, a Christian school. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is Catholic Catholic school has a lot of guilt. Um, you know, personally, I do, I don't know. Christian school has like has like guilt like internally or so it just it plans weird like I have like I'm, I'm still like even like I think like this week I was like wait a minute <laughs> that I have this hang up because of x y and z and I don't want to blame like you know like and then I went to public school and that there was a whole other that was a whole other minefield that was like you know I just going from a very tiny private school to a very large public school was like hum- like it was monumental for me like to the point where I almost like um well, I I don't I don't know I, I yeah I'll, I'll I'll just say I got very I almost took my life because it was it was very it was, it was a massive change and there was I was going through a lot of stuff yeah and um the and I didn't even I I hadn't even come out yet to that at that point I didn't even come out until my early twenties so it was like so there was there was there's that whole aspect of it too right um but yeah the uh you know uh, I, I I still have I still believe in in God. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of stuff we don't know. And I think, um, and I think as a liberal person saying that it's kind of, it's, I, I feel like I'm stepping out on a limb here too, because, um, I know, you know, being liberal and, and having faith is, 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 they don't always go hand in hand. Well, like, so just to give you a, a sort of a touching point here, I also went to a Christian school, not a, not a Catholic school. Uh, I actually went from my entirety of my high school and un- under pre-K to 12, basically the whole thing. Oh, you went for, I went, I went K. I went K through, 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 through middle of time period. So, okay. okay. Uh, it was your school. What's, oh, uh, let's see. My graduating class had about, let's say 60 people in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but, but the, there were a lot, all the grades were there. So, I mean, when you got an assembly together with everybody, it was a big group, but yeah, in my, in my immediate sphere, it was fairly small. However, I was also a music, I'm a musician and I was in the band. So that grew that sphere a little bit too. What did um, you, what did you play? Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a primarily a sax player. I also play keyboards and electronic instruments and I'm trying to learn this and that instrument. Like I, I'm a dabbler. I, I play regularly like sax and different, uh, uh, wind ensembles, bands, whatever. But like I, I'm just, I, I love music. You know, I'm a musician. I, I do anything I can to stay involved, not being a full time or even a, like a, I would say if, if I'm part time, I'm like, three weekends a year kind of part time you know? <laughs> but i have been paid so i can consider myself professional there you um, go. but no so the being in a christian school and, and a lot of people who don't have that background they don't realize the the actual like fact is the schools tend to be pretty good academically with a few exceptions of course <laughs> yeah I, well they're fantastic like like they're the, a lot of the reasons that they like i like one of the reasons i was sent there was because it was a great prep school for college yes you know that was a it was a good pedigree or whatever i don't think my i, I don't want to say that my parents never use that word on top of that <laughs> it can get a little weird the uh yeah so well did you have well let's start here did you have uniforms 
We did not. Oh, okay. We did not have uniforms. And I pro- I got – I counted once because like, I still have them. They're like a trophy. I got like – I think I had like 40-some detentions. Oh, because wow. Because you, you, you could not wear blue jeans, but you could wear black jeans. Um, but you had to tuck your shirt in. And I, I was – you know, it was like you know the early 90s where like grunge was like the rage. And so I was always – I always had like a flannel T-shirt or something like that. And I would never tuck it in. And I would always get a detention. They give you a detention, detention after a detention for it. Um, so I still I still have them as like like you know like what did they look like when you say you have them what 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 shape or what did they have a name for them or they're, yeah they're detention slips it was like like okay. a carbon copy there was a white form on the top and then there was like a yellow uh, a pink form oh wow yeah like so like what like 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 and I think there was a yellow form I don't I don't know <laughs> they went to different departments and then like then I got and you had to go home and have the parents sign them and, and it was yeah. So our detentions were called tallies. I don't know why, you know, like you're tallying up a score or something. And they were actually yellow cards. And what was amazing about them, and I still have one somewhere, uh-huh. uh, they fully like fleshed out what you did. And there was a rating system and, oh, you, really? it, and you had to sign it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you could only have five a day. If you had if you went past five, I think you got like suspended or something. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I probably got a handful in my life. I, I was, even though in my Bible classes, which we had, we always had a Bible class every semester, every, every, oh, whatever. Yeah. even did though, start, did yours start the day? Ours in the high school, at least ours started the day. Uh, no, it varied because we had different schedules and all that, but, mm-hmm. uh, it, all every, it was funny because in, in Christian schools, a lot of times the teachers don't have to be as well certified to teach a subject. And so you'll see, depending on the school, of course, but you'll see uh, coaches teach Bible class. You'll see uh, various people who probably don't have a, like a really strong uh, religious back, like, you know, formal training background teaching religion. Um, like, the, yeah, they don't have a theological background at all. Right. If they went to seminary and some do, so of course, but a lot of them don't. Um, so I was like in high school, one of the ones who would challenge the uh presented uh lessons if they dealt with things like evolution or homosexuality or women's rights which that didn't come up too often but yeah but i mean like i really enjoyed most of that because i felt a the teachers usually were a little like interested in having a discussion partly because if they didn't do that the class would not interact with them whatsoever like you know, they just were not getting a response from the material because it's the Bible and the Bible can sometimes be if presented the wrong way, a little dry, you know, uh, yeah. especially the New Testament, which is, of course, where a lot of it's focused on. But one Bible class, I actually had to write. This was the the, the guy is doing this. Uh, his name was Mr. Bland. I kid you not. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. And he had us write in, t- in its entirety. I think for a whole semester, the book of Proverbs. Okay. Proverbs is an amazing book. Like there's some really fun, funny, like, you know, I, I haven't studied the Hebrew, but like, you know, the English translations are pretty cool. Yeah. Especially like King James, you know, King James translation as inaccurate as it is in a lot of ways. Uh, it's right. just, it's just, it's the one everybody knows, you know? Uh, but yeah, we had to, re- we had to rewrite right out. It's like we were the scribes of the middle ages. Wait, the whole book? You had to write the whole book? The whole book of Proverbs. Yep. Like, 
like handwriting? Handwritten. Yep. I to this day wonder like what was going through his head. Is it like he felt like he needed to have us do something and he didn't want to get in front? Partly I know because he we had a tough crowd. Wait, did you do that in like in class? No, no, he had us do it. Every student sat in his class quietly and wrote the book of Proverbs. So did you actually have a class or yeah. did it just sound like you didn't know what to do? It was like a study hall with like a, a forced assignment. And I think it's partly because he just didn't know what to do and it <laughs> kept us quiet. It really kept us – well, OK. In theory, it kept us quiet. When actuality, a lot of us would get hall passes, which he would gladly give, and we would go off and do God knows what. I mean, you know, I can't I can't say we were doing anything really salacious, at least not me. I usually right. would walk down to the band room and see what was going on. But, you know, the point was, like, he just didn't want to be there. He didn't want to do it. Uh, it was it was a remarkable experience. But um, but, you know, did you have any teachers in your in your Christian school that you you either thought were horrendous or like actually surprisingly good? Uh, well, yes, both on both ends. But um, there, we had a guy in our middle school. He, he taught latin and we had to take two years of latin um and he he dressed like the guy from the brady bunch the father <gasps> bell bottoms a crazy mustache oh that's awesome um and then i found out like later he got like fired for like you know like harassing like like girls or like trying to like do stuff with the girls oh no he like looked like a guy who would do that but you're like well you know, whatever. I mean, I guess if it's 1992, you're wearing bell bottoms. You know, I don't know. But <laughs> like it was like so, so. That was that was a little weird. Um, I, I was just talking about this with my buddy on, on, online. That that I think I made a Facebook post about this. Like I could not. Um, I was thinking about it. The the in our Bible class, they, they, the the teacher he wheeled in this this VTR. Uh, on TV, and he had recorded some like uh, the interview with President Clinton the night before. And in the interview, the whoever it was like ABC or whatever asked him your beliefs in God. And you know, Clinton went off. And, you know, I, I believe in Jesus Christ, blah blah blah, and my faith, all this stuff. And, and and so at the end of it, he turns it off, and the teacher's like, "I, you know what? I just don't believe him." <laughs> and I'm like, and that was, it. and and then it went into like whatever. But like, I'm like. Who does that? Like, how do you like? How do you like? How do you even? That doesn't what? And that was like, and it was just something like it was a day, and I just kind of like tuned it out. But it was like something that like kind of like stuck in my head. You know what I mean? Oh, and it was like, and it was just like, but I was like, oh, what are you training young young conservatives here? Is that what you're? Is that what was that the point of that? Like, I I didn't even know. Like, I still to this day like think like that's great. Like, how do you didn't? How do you doubt? Like somebody else's faith isn't that against the what like i don't know oh are you kidding me like growing up in so I, my my school was predominantly a southern baptist but protestant you know overall uh there may have been even been a few catholics i honestly i hope not for their sake because we were routinely told that the catholic church was wrong that they weren't really christians in the in the best sense like there was this whole thing where they were like second second class christians and they worshiped mary and they had all these terrible things that they did and like i right. same sense, here same here i sense like i've fallen in love with the catholic church because really 
oh, very. I, and I'm not a practicing. I mean, I I don't go to church regularly, like I used certainly like I used to, but um, like I've played and I've been a part of Catholic masses for weddings and for you know whatever reason. Like I've been to services and the pageantry and the music and the tradition and the history, like it's just so cool to sort of see that and, and to study as a music major, I studied the mass as a musical form. Like there was so much music written and, and music grew so much from the church that you have to study it, you know? So like I've since then, I've just, I've completely looked back on that and just, just shaken my head at, how dare you be so judgmental? But, you know, honestly, there was judgment going everywhere. I mean, they were judging gays and lesbians. They were judging uh, women doing things they didn't think they should. Like, you know, you look back and even though academically yeah, it was pretty good, there was just so much of that that we're like, how do we how do we get out of it and turn out like like, well, like liberal, like progressive, like <laughs> I wonder I, that myself. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, my. I don't know what you had in terms of sex ed, but um, we had in especially in middle school, we had a um, we had a quote unquote adolescence class, um, and and our our book was written by um, one James Dobson. <gasps> oh, I think we had that book called Preparing Preparing for Adolescence. I really think we had that book. Oh yeah. Um, I just recently looked at the reviews of it online. Uh-huh. <laughs> I that's all I'm gonna say. Ah, <laughs> uh, so our homework for the listeners to go check yeah. that out. So, uh, yeah, sex ed. I don't even remember if we had any sex ed formal. I, I do remember that book, but I also um, I remember some. I actually remember some of those old from the fifties. Um, sex education, sort of. They didn't play the Beware the Homosexual or they didn't play that one. I yeah, saw I that one. I that one either. I feel, I, feel, I feel like robbed. Well, oh, I do too, except, you know, I saw it years <laughs> later and just yeah. freaking loved it. But what they did play when I was not – so I had a pretty good track record attendance-wise. I, I called out maybe – or called out. I, I, I was sick or called in sick maybe once or twice in, in, a, in a year or two. So I didn't get a lot of, you know, whatever's – but like the one day or maybe it was two days that I was out. I think it was my junior year. Mm-hmm. They had a video and it was somebody doing a uh, hidden camera uh, at Gay Days in Orlando where, you know, Disney World's Gay Days. And this was back when Gay Days, I think, was fairly new because this was like the 90s as well. And yeah. it had salacious, you know, pictures and video of drag queens and transsexuals. Not that that's salacious, but like the way they edited it and the way they pr- portrayed it. It, it was, was horrifying. It was horrifying. It was like they were having orgies on the theme parks. And having been to Gay Days now for years, um, the most excitement I ever saw was like a friend of mine flashing another friend of mine on like the Haunted Mansion. Like yeah. a ride that is so dark that it's it, like it, – <laughs> and it's stupid. Like it's just – oh, it just – but that was – so they, he, they kept the homosexuality topic completely out of the rest of the year. But brought it up to two days I was out. And I found out about this later. Now, I was not out, of course. In, in high school, no, of course not. But I made it very clear that I did not agree with the, the way they were portraying the Bible. You know, I even so, got so far as into like um, 
well, in the Old Testament, you're under the Old Covenant. In the New Testament, you know, Jesus actually never says anything about homosexuality. It's only Paul who talks about it. And if you look at the Greek, it's not homosexuality the way we know it. It's it's pedantry. It's or not pedantry. It's pederasty. It's um, temple prostitute. You know, all the stuff that you read about and you think about and you study. And people have gone, yeah, Paul probably wasn't talking about what we think of today. You know, uh, uh, yeah. but we got into all of that. Um, the, well, the, you brought up my the, my play church bell. The church bell all, all were broken, and it's um, we I get into all of that in in there. Um, the yeah, I I, I can't even um, homosexuality at my Christian school like I, unheard of. Like I mean, I I don't even I don't even remember. I remember it being discussed as like like vaguely as like just like you know what I mean like who would ever be that and it was mm-hmm. just it was just, and meanwhile like you know me and my friends are like reading like these like crazy image comics at the back of the classroom <laughs> nice um the i have the there i have this crazy story about this uh this this friend of mine and he was like super into jim lee x-men and like and i i drew i drew i i, I like did art all through all through high school um uh i actually went to i went i my first year of college was graphic design like i just i just don't have the patience to just do it as as a comic panel but um, and we were jamming on this like massive like like X Men um, like poster, and 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 we were drawing just like Jim Lee and and everybody just like Jim Lee. And his mother came in and and flipped out like flipped out like you are objectifying the women, blah blah. blah you know you, you know this is this is everything that's wrong with this. You know like like on and on ripped the poster in half. Called my mother saying we have to do something about this comic book thing with these the, these young men. They're objectifying women. I had no idea what I was doing. I had right. no idea. I'm like that's how Jim Lee drew the ladies. Like you know, <laughs> like, I had no idea. You know, I was more interested in Wolverine subconsciously. Like I had no idea. <laughs> Like and so like we, we went in this whole like it it got into this whole thing about uh, uh it just like it just felt like like in that uh um in that environment sex was just so like it just it was so taboo like so taboo um that you just didn't talk about it where I mean it was talked about but it was just like yeah yeah and it's so funny because they've shown so many times over that in the absence of like good sex education like. People, kids still to learn about it. They find out, especially we found out probably a lot of it. I mean, I, I know I did through the internet. And this was back when the internet was like bulletin boards, prodigy and AOL. <laughs> and there was still chat rooms. There was still uh, news groups. There were still places to get your porn, to get your s- dirty stories. That was a big thing for me back then. There was the Spice Channel on Channel 95. You look through the bars exactly so i I just i it's i i find it you know and i i have kept up only somewhat with my school you know since then as far as like how things have changed and from what little i've been told like it's changed but not as much as you'd hope and a lot of these things we're complaining about are still pretty much the case yeah and and um so i ended up stop i i ended up leaving because for two for for two reasons and one had to do with the other um that uh in my 10th grade year they made everyone sign a pledge that um among all like they would live a christian lifestyle and among all of those things that you would never be caught smoking if you were caught smoking you could be expelled if you were caught having sex outside of the school you could be expelled and we're talking about we're not talking about on school property we're talking about off of school grounds in the privacy of your own home 
And I did not agree with that. I thought, I'm like, you, you can't control everyone's lives, you know, like that. Um, so I, I got down to it. I was the only one in the entire school that had not signed it. Wow. And I, I was constantly being drugged down. And, and they drugged down to the assistant principal's office. And the assistant principal f- said to me, okay, you know, I respect your stand on this, but you you know you will not be allowed to come back here next year if if you continue if you if you if you don't sign this paper and um concurrently like my family is going through a whole bunch of kind of crisis and they they just decided that um it was for the best that they they because because of that since i wasn't i wasn't going to sign that to pull me out just you know for you know save money and and there you go so I ended up going into this, like, you know, it would go, I, my class was like 90 something and to uh, a high school of like, my graduating class was like, like, I don't know, a thousand, two thousand, something like that. Wow. What a culture shock. It was a massive culture shock, dude. It was like so crazy. So, uh, so we had that same pledge that we had to sign and I admire that you had the, you were brave enough at that age to stand up and say, hell no, because I didn't. <laughs> Uh, I was so in fear of, you know, repercussions and that was my, like, that was my only world. Like, I just didn't even conceive of anything outside of it that as far as school goes, I mean, I always kind of wanted to go to a public school because they had like honors stuff, which we had a little bit, but then they had like IB, I international baccalaureate. Like they had, it looked to me like they had other cool stuff. Plus their marching bands were huge and ours was like tiny. <laughs> But having said all that, I signed the pledge, and you know, honestly, I I, I led a pretty pilgrim-like existence as all my my college era, so you know, it, it worked out okay. But I, what's funny is they made the teachers sign the same thing, and we had a teacher. Really? Oh That's- yeah. We had a teacher. Okay, this is fucked up, and he was an amazing math teacher by the name of Mr. Wright, mm-hmm. and he was caught coming out of the adult section of a. It was either a blockbuster or something equivalent back in that era. There were other video chains, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't know if blockbuster had it. anyway. And no, I think no, I don't think they. Well, no, I don't know. And some might have, but yeah. Long story short, he came out of one of those. A parent or a student, uh, and then told their parent saw him do that, and they fired him. Wow. Yeah, and he was like one of the best algebra teachers. Like in that school, he was the only algebra teacher. But since then, like I've I've been a educator myself, and I and I I studied math for a little bit. Like I I absolutely think he was an excellent teacher. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
and and just just got railroaded out because of something so so and so like people think teachers now have it bad and they're under such a microscope because of this and that and it's true but man you have no idea what it's like until you teach at one of those schools <laughs> we, had, we had a bible teacher that uh, well, he was he was like the like the whole robin williams dead poet society thing like he was like teaching us to like you know stand up for what you, you know but like just just that he he was teaching us that we're not learning the bible correctly um, and he was really challenging people's beliefs, and and like we loved him. And his name is Mr. Davy, and they fired him. Well, he was let, like I don't know. I, I'm still a mystery. You know, it was it was I was a freshman. It was my Bible my Bible class my my first semester freshman year, and they and they, in the middle of the year they let him go. I was just it was it was one of those moments where you you're like you're like what, you know that he was telling us the truth. <laughs> And they shut him down. Oh, it's totally that. Yeah, it was it, and 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 this stuff sticks with you, you know. Like, so I told you I went to public school, and and so all of my friends from my private school, um, talking, going back to the sex ed thing for a little bit, for a second. Um, they they, the idea that any of us would masturbate was was terrible. Like, like, even, and we were like pretty, like, you know, we were like, you know, we punk rock, like rock and roll, but like, you know, that's disgusting. We don't do that. That, you know, like, and I've literally watched porn with these people. Like, you know, we, I, I, I still, no, no, I don't do that. Go to public school. I made friends there. Like my, my guy friends would talk about it constantly. Right. Constantly. And it was like, it was such, and for me, it was such a culture shock. It was like, why, why would you, why would you ever admit that? Like, why would you ever, you know, and then they were like, everybody does it. And I realized, yeah, everyone, what? And that's like, and that's just kind of like the, this subtle programming that you get in your head that you, you don't realize that it's there. Like, I feel like Catholic school, it's very, you, you can see it. It's obvious. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whereas Christian school, it's a little more, it's way more subversive. You almost get sort of a, like a taste of what people get in like, the Soviet Union or, or totalitarian states where there's like censorship and, and thought speech, like, you know, 1984, you know, you just, you can't use certain words. And by not being able to use certain words and think certain thoughts or it's express certain thoughts, it sort of shapes the way you think into this sort of, we are another part of your machine or we are at least part of your controlled community and we won't go outside the lines. Like, you know, it, it really does have an, uh, an effect on you right and and the thing the great thing about it was like i had like in, in, in that in that school uh like on the the flip side is i had an amazing art teacher who was like who who always seemed to find a way to fight whatever well like kind of way and an amazing drama teacher at the same time although that they, they did into the woods and Whoa. when i and when wow. I saw into when i saw into the woods later i didn't realize that in the middle of the second act the giant doesn't break out and, and tell the audience, you know, you know, all of this is happening because Jesus said, you know, because. <gasps> and I didn't realize that, like, I didn't realize that was not like a thing. Like, I thought that I thought that happened in that play. It doesn't happen in that play. It doesn't My happen. God, they don't, they don't turn to the, the audience and, and deliver a monologue about Jesus. That doesn't happen. <laughs> See, my school, oh. when they did drama, at least they just stuck to things that weren't controversial, like, you know, Brigadoon and Pirates of Penzance. And even though that one's got a little bit, you know, Oklahoma, like they took the safest possible route. And since then, I've seen what they're doing is pretty much straight up all Disney 
like Disney Broadway stuff they'll they'll adapt. So like they didn't even have to walk that line. But oh my god, that they would take a Sondheim play and deface it with that nonsense. I- I guess, like, I think I would. I mean, I can only assume because the drama teacher was so awesome that that was her subversive way of slipping Sondheim, <laughs> um, and and that was like a compromise she had to make. True. Uh, I don't know if it was a good compromise or you know you, you can judge you can judge all you want, but she was she was she was good people. So well, I, and again, you're you're in a yeah, and and so my music teachers and my uh, band my band teacher, my choir teacher, and my uh, English teachers actually uh, two of them anyway were I think in the same boat where they were not as dogmatic, they were not as they didn't agree with the the thought policing or whatever. But they were in positions to sort of slip things by. Mm-hmm, in yeah. senior class, senior English class, uh, my uh, teacher, Debbie Carroll, she had us do like summer reading. And it was uh, from a, a list of books that were, I'm sure, approved and blessed. But I bet they weren't really <laughs> heavily vetted because I read Portrait of an Artist as a Young Man. Wow. Now, it's not James Joyce's most um, – well, it's certainly not his love letters to his wife, which if you have not experienced, you need to go check those out. They are <laughs> some of the dirtiest things, some of the funniest things I've ever read. Um, but but the uh, – but yeah, Portrait of an Artist has got some sexual content and it's not even like sort of like uh, candy-coated. I mean it's it's pretty explicit, albeit brief. And so – like, you know, getting us to read stuff like that. Um, oh God, there were some other books we read that weren't, weren't as, weren't as out there, but still like that. I just, to this day, I think back and go, God, I'm so blessed in that environment to have those outlets, to have those, like you had with drama and, and art. Like, you know, you just find those ways to, even if you're in this total thought police, whatever, to express yourself and to be exposed to some, some good stuff, you know? It's it's not something I would ever recommend anybody going through. Honestly, like I would, I hate to say that, you know, because I, I made like two of my best friends. I still, you know, they were both in my wedding. My best man, um, uh, but uh, yeah, I just <laughs> I these ins- the, ew, I don't even know what to say. Like, well, like you, yeah. No, I was gonna say, have you ever? Oh, so this is the only thing. Well, this is one of the things I think I take away from it. Have you ever gotten into a religious conversation with someone who's like very conservative, and they don't expect you to know the Bible as well as you do, and so suddenly you're in this conversation and you're you're quoting scripture at them, and they're just like their mouth is on the ground. Have you ever had that? <laughs> um, a little bit, a little, only and only a little bit. Uh, I love that. Because- because because the the people I have like know like kind of knew going into the conversation about my background, e- hmm. no uh, yeah I, I mean a, li- a little bit a little bit a little bit and it, and it's it's surprising to me actually too when I, I I have these debates have come up how uneducated they are on scripture oh yeah um and, and then that's also surprising you know I've gotten into more believe it or not I've gotten into more arguments with with a, like with atheists. About 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 it, and I and I I'm never seeking these arguments out. <laughs> I'm never I'm not the guy who's like, oh, you don't believe in God? Well, let me talk about it. Like I'm not like, hey, you know, I I if you whatever you want to believe in, that's the that's that's fantastic with me. Um, and we 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 can agree to disagree, and I can learn from you, and you can learn from me. But some like the a few of the um people I've met and who I've encountered and and worked with. Um, have have tried to really have this have this debate with me, and I'm like, I really don't want to have this debate with you. 
You know, I want you, I want us to exist together. You know? Yeah, no, and I, I, I work in a, in a software group and a lot. I would there's a 90, 90% of my office is very, uh, or I actually it's shifted a little bit, but still the majority are atheists and sometimes a little militant. And again, it's the same thing. It's like, well, that's cool. I'm, I'm not going to argue with your, you know, faith in no, whatever. In no, I, I have no, I have no reason to try to talk you out of that. If that's not real to you, then that's not real to you. And I, I'm sort of a type of Christian where I'm like, I think you'll be fine. I think, you know, I'm not the doom and gloom. You're all going to hell type, you know, whole, whole, what's it, uh, you know, brimstone. Like, I don't, that's not what I'm coming from now. It's not where I'm at. So you're not going to get that from me, but I also have to stand there and say, but, but, you know, you, you misjudge some of the motivation, you know, some younger Christians and, and people who are more dogmatic. I really do come from, I think they do come from a place of, no, you're going to go to hell if you don't get right. Like they yeah. aren't doing it necessarily at first as a way to be oppressive. What happens is they get that zeal, that fervency of conviction that then makes them come across like complete assholes and you, you lose the message. You know, I, I told I had this conversation with my mom the other night because we get into a lot. And I said, you know, she loves like, you know, Ben Carson and uh, oh. Yeah. oh, yeah, I know. And like, and you know, but she's she's criticizing these things, and she's all concerned with my my family. It's like my brother is atheist and all that. And I said, Mom, are you surprised? I mean, the the environment that we grew up in was so oppressively heavy-handed in its in its Christianity that yeah, I'm not shocked that there's a reaction to it. That that you know, the people who've come through that don't have a super positive image of Christianity because they they see the really vocal assholes out there now. And they don't want to have any part in that church. And you have to dig really hard to get to like the Tony Campalos or the, the red letter Christians, you know, uh, Pathios. Uh, there's a couple sites that I go to for this kind of stuff, but it's basically left leaning Christians. Right. And, and, and have any sense of like, Oh, this is what, uh, somebody who really has a, a good understanding of the gospels actually should sound like should be like a life positive uh help the poor feed feed the poor help those who need it you know let's be a better human race it's not drive out the uh sadducees and pharisees like i mean admittedly jesus did that but you know only when they really pissed him off i've not seen a whole lot of people like giving up all of their 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 their, their riches and going to follow god I don't, i'm not seeing a lot of that <laughs> exactly exactly yeah they they pick and choose they they accuse us of picking and choosing what we believe from the the bible and it's like honey are you kidding me <laughs> um yeah. You know, a, a lot of people have have said how I how how can I have faith and 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 and, and have a husband, you know, um, and I and I can I can say that I, I struggled with 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 who I who I am and and what I believe for a very very long time until one day I just said, yeah, God, take it away from me, you know, or do something with it. And a week later, I was in a relationship that I I ended up getting married to, fourteen wow. years. Um, That's awesome. And, I, and uh, that's quote unquote my testimony, and and when I tell that to, um, to people who who are are concerned with my quote unquote lifestyle because of you know because of because of God, they don't tend to have an answer. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I I tell them I say you know that's my testimony, and you you can't tell me that that's not that you you have faith in God and can't see God in that story. Yeah. 
Um, because I've heard many stories where, you know, similar outcomes, yet it's not a homosexual relationship. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's not a gay relationship. So, uh, so, and, and, and honestly, I think, you know, my, my relationship, where I am with my, my relationship is usually around where I am spiritually. You know, if I'm really, really far apart from, 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 from God, and, um, I'm, I'm, my marriage is probably in trouble. <laughs> um, and, and it's, it's been, it's worked. That's, that, that, that's kind of where I stand on the whole thing. That's awesome. I mean, I, I love hearing that because it, it mirrors, it mirrors what I believe. It may not mirror exactly my experience, but, uh, only in the sense that I, I was in a 14, I was in a 14 year relationship till about two and a half years ago, but, um, huh. like it, it did feel like when I would, ch- when people would challenge me about gay marriage or gay adoption, I would really come back with, um, what is it that you disagree with in terms of people loving each other and forming families and taking care of each other? Like, I don't see any contradiction except maybe in a very narrow view of the Old Testament. And I don't think we, I think Christians largely agree that that's the Old Covenant. So it's not, you know, we, we don't have prohibitions against eating split hooved animals and shellfish. So why are you having this hold up on gays, you know, and, and a man lying with a man, you know, and then they pull out Paul and all that. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. I feel like it, it it's, they're always I reaching like for it. Paul. I just don't like Paul. Well, <laughs> that's kind of the red letter Christian sort of view is the New Testament's great. And, and no red letter Christian, I think, throws that out. But like, you know, you get to inherency of the word and you get to, you know, the, this, that and the other. And I think red letters, like we take the, the gospels and hold them up and say the gospels are what we absolutely think are the highlights of the, of the New Testament. Everything else is either Paul or other writers. And if you study theology, you know, writers, possibly not even the people who they say they are, but writing in the name of that apostle, like they are to be taken as stories, as, as sort of. Where they're trying to work out their their beliefs, you know, in the different churches and all that. But like, just because they disagree with each other, if you if you go to different books, they don't agree. Paul doesn't agree with himself sometimes, right? So, and see, this is and this is and 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 this is why and 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 this is where people a lot of people kind of lose the faith, um, or any faith. I I'm just I'm I, and this is kind of where I'm at right now. I feel like. There is, you know, something, some books missing, and 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 the Catholic Bible has books that my I wasn't raised with, you know, and and things like that, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is there, but I know apparent, you know, the Word of God doesn't stop, and I feel like it's still being written. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, no, I I trust me, I'm a big apocrypha nut. Okay. I've read Elaine Pagel's book on the Gnostic Gospels. Okay. And oh my God, like there's so much in in if you study the church and the rise of the the Catholic Church and then you know splitting hey, off yeah. into whatever. Like there's so much there politically and 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 they're like consolidating power and and by kicking out the Gnostics altogether, they made a choice that I feel like collapse down our possibilities to this one small little option when there were so many more right i just there just seems like and i mean i'm not i don't and it's kind of daring and, and i've been having this conversation with some of my friend uh like some of my friends and 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 they're 
you know, no one, you don't really know. And, and that's where like the whole faith thing comes in, you know, <laughs> it's kind of, it's scary. Um, and I, I just, you know, if I, if I hadn't, if I hadn't felt things move through me and, 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 I felt things move through me. That's like Burger King moves through me too. So that's, that's a terrible, terrible phrasing right there, Dave. But you know what I mean? Like I've seen a higher power in my life, both in my personal life, my professional life, artistically. And so I, I, I'm there with that. There you go. Well, I, I'm really glad we got into this because it's, it is certainly interesting to find someone with a similar background, but also to sort of explore how your faith influences your work. And like you said, you know, it touches on the plays you've written. It touches on a dash to some extent, at least, you know, some of the church. And I love writers that have that kind of like you see some of their things coming through in their work, you know, and then you dig a little deeper and you find out that their life, you know, took them in this and that direction and you see that played out. So like, I love realizing those connections, you know? And what's crazy is, is, is Delia, Delia, Delia self identifies as a pagan. And she said, uh, uh, like some of the stuff she's like she's like you take and she 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 comes from catholic schools too and she's like you take and you know where we're going and she's like you know she's like <laughs> she's like i she's like as a pagan i, I appreciate with what you did with that she's like i really i you know and and so i'm i'm trying it's it I, that's all i can say <laughs> well i don't want to yeah don't don't spoil anything hasn't come out yet certainly <laughs> Um, but yeah. So, uh, what other uh, projects do you have coming up? I mean, I, I oh, so I did want to get back to one I, the play you did. Uh, well, and I shut the shut the tab. What it, the lightsaber on the table? What's that play about? <laughs> that, that was the that play is called Living Space. Um, I just I, I just uh, finished it. Uh, yeah, the um, I just did a, a weekend long workshop of it, four performances. Um, the uh, of it uh, it. It's, it's probably my most personal play. It was a play I was running away from for a very long time. We did a stage reading of it like four years ago and a bunch of like private readings of it. Um, and so we basically, what a workshop is, it was basically everything but like the final product. You know, it had costumes, it had, you know, fighting, you know, it's just not everything was completely off book, you know, not the set wasn't completely there. It was just kind of an audience flowing away and then the audience would feedback at the end of it. Um, and I, I was in it. Um, and it was about uh, uh, a, a gay man who who just wants a straight friend, <laughs> um, and, and that may sound like a, that, and I was worried that would sound like a little self hating, but it it, um, it was kind of where I was at one point. Um, and it's about a, a guy who finds this guy <laughs> passed out in his friend's car, and and takes him home. And, and he ends up moving in and they and about their friendship and uh, uh, this this gay straight friendship and it, it's in a way it's very much um, it's it, it's it's based around a friendship that I that I had developed um, and is one of my best friends to this day oh that's really cool I mean I I wasn't sure how prominently the lightsaber plays in but I I think I think looking oh, at there's, that, a, there's a lightsaber fight there's a drunken lightsaber oh fight. that's awesome and there's a drunken lightsaber fight and um and uh he gets in his underwear to to do it so that's so so, so there's something for everyone in that but I, I also see now why choosing that like if you didn't have the lightsaber it would look like two guys and two probably gay guys like you know the boyfriends or something and just hanging out but by putting the lightsaber you at least suggest that Oh, wait, maybe this is more than that. Not that, like, obviously, geeks can't be geeks because that's what we are. But, like, you know, it, it puts that extra idea out there into that that picture. So, 
Um, yeah, and I think then Star Wars is a real fun point where a lot of people, a lot of people can congeal around. Um, I just hope I don't get sued. Um, but uh, to, to have that in a play, so we'll, we'll see. It, it, it got such a fantastic response, and, and at the end of this, uh, it was two weekends ago. Uh, my buddy who did it with me, um, who helped me uh, write the play, um, uh, he ended up proposing to his to his his, his now fiance on stage and it was um it was it was it was it there's nothing like getting on stage in front of a bunch of people and kind of expressing your love for each other um and for for i don't know it's just it was it was such an awesome experience that's um, really cool yeah um yeah yeah and um hopefully it will be done soon i had two directors approach me after it who were interested in it so i'm hoping it has it goes off and has a life of its own um that i'm excited for that's really cool that's that's awesome i i I am becoming so I never was big in the theater, but I'm certainly growing into that appreciation and having friends now that work at the fringe or work or do the fringe productions, having friends who work and actually one friend that like runs a major like community center or theater center kind of thing. Like you're like I'm seeing that like behind the scenes kind of perspective and it's 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 just so cool to see like projects come together like that. And um, honestly, um doing theater helped me immensely become a comic book writer and, and how to, how to, how to give direction in my scripts and how to collaborate with an artist. Um, that I, if, had I not come, had I not started writing comics when I did, I probably would have been very, very lost or very, very uncollaborative, um, or very, very closed off. Um, and because I have had years of, you know, working with people to make something, you know, writing comics and working with an artist and working with a teammate, it, it came in a second nature. Wow, that's cool. I didn't. I mean, I wouldn't. Those relationships don't necessarily seem like they would follow. But I mean, I I can see how the more cre. I don't know. I don't even know. Like so, there was it the direction angle that you really felt like helped you develop that authorship. Yeah, I was. I, yeah, because I, I directed. I've mostly done. I mean, I've had like ten years of directing, and only five years of playwriting, and so. Um, and now like, I guess like two years of comic writing, but, um, but, the but it was, it was, you know, cause the artist is the actor, right? The artist is the one performing, you know, the, you, you're, you, that's the work you're, you're, you're seeing. That's the work you see fir- first. And then you, you see all the other subtle nuances and stuff like that. But, but the, they're the real stars, you know? And I know like in comics, like, you know, there's this whole, like, you know, who's more important, the artist or the writer. And it's constantly going back and forth and it's, it's both. Mm-hmm. But it's a visual medium, so you know, it, like the artist is is the person who's going to get you to grab the book off the shelf. Yep. No, I mean that's a, it's 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 a back and forth, like you said, and like you can go back and go through the eras of artist centric, writer centric, artist. But it's it's a collaboration, and uh, just like theater is a collaboration, and like you said, you know, you just don't appreciate maybe some of it at first. I mean, I I when I first read comics, I didn't know who the hell was Stan Lee was well I knew probably who Stan Lee was but I didn't know Jack Kirby I didn't know heck even Jim Lee and and Wills Portacio and Chris Claremont like they were on the books but I didn't know who like they were and I didn't get the relationship and you know you you have to sort of immerse yourself over time and start to pick apart those roles I mean to this day even though I've been involved in making comics like there's still roles like the editor that (laughs) from one project to another can be drastically different you know uh, depending on the company and depending on why they're there, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, the like I had like the the best like kind of like 
training on it was that when I developed Dash, I, I worked at Sarah. I, uh, I I got to workshop it at Sarah Lawrence with Scott Snyder. Um, wow, cool. Uh, yeah, that was, and I mean, and I had like some awesome people in my class, like Matt Miner, who's doing Liberator, Amy Chu, who's about to do the the Poison Ivy book, like, um, and some other like really really super talented people who were about to come up in comics. That like, it was you know, it was it was a, it was a class, and and. I um and it culminated in us being at the DC offices and it was so amazing um uh and that's when I was like I want to do this like I'm gonna make this happen I really and that's when Delia and I got in contact with each other and started doing it. Now, uh, Amy, I've talked to Amy at Amy at many cons. In fact, it's funny we've we've met each other so many times now, and I always go. I don't know if you remember me, but she's like, oh, I know you, Brian. Da, da, da. Just because this is one of those things where we don't see each other for you know, a year or whatever. But, um, but yeah, no, she's like, I'm so happy that she's blowing up the way she is. Do you, um, so you're, you're doing stuff for Northwest now, but I mean, do you have plans to do other things? Have you, do you have pitches that you're readying for other studios? Are you, I, I am, I am, I, I have one pitch that I'm writing that I'm, I'm hoping that will that'll get some traction. I, I am terrible at networking. I am the worst at it. Um, it took me years to try to develop my like theater networking and comics. I'm still like, humana, humana, humana. um, and I, cause I never know what to say, but I, I am, I'm actually working on an independently, um, self-produced something that's going to happen hopefully in October. So awesome. I, yeah, I'm excited. I just, I just got the first four pages and I, I just started doing a happy dance. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. So, you know, I'm, I'm slowly working toward it. You know, you know, we're in indie comics right now and, you know, like get it, you know, Dealey and I are, are, are very much the, you know, we're a team, but we're the only people like trying to get the book out, you know, um, who are, who creatively are working on the book, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, so, so it, it, it can be a lot. Well, it sets you up pretty well, I think, if you wanted to go to like an image and pitch them something, because that's the impression I get is, you know, once you get past uh, Eric Stevenson as a gate guard, it's all up to you and your artist and whoever else you're paying. I mean, it's totally your your thing. There are things I have in the works that I just that they're 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 still baking. Um, But uh, I I I probably I I wish I was more um, just, you know, active. And there, but like you know, I I'm I'm caught between two worlds. And actually, Scott Scott Snyder actually told me he said, you know, you do all of these things, but you, you may have a problem in that you know you're not just doing one thing and putting a lot of focus into one thing. And that's probably and, and I know what he means now. Two years there was a the three or three three years later. I'm just like, ah, I have to you know have to hold back on this and hold back on that to do this to do that. Um, but. Um, I wouldn't want it any other way because I, I, I would get creatively stat like, you know, I, 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 I like being all over the place, you know what I mean? Cause I, I get, I get stimulated by like so many different people doing so many different things. I think it's uh, necessary to really do good art. You have to have that. But I know what Scott's saying because I have projects that I've started and if it was the only thing I was doing or even like one of two things, I feel like I would actually have some good traction on it and feel good about it. But man, when you're doing this and doing that and your schedules filled up, it's tough. Like I, I respect writers and artists that keep pretty good schedules and still do cons and still do all the stuff that they do outside of cons for promotion. Cause I don't know how they can. Like I, 
when I hear about a writer or an artist who just is way behind and I had one at Heroes and I won't call him out, but he basically admitted to me. He's like, yeah, I absolutely am way behind on this book and it's because I'm going to shows and because I'm he was doing some mm. Marvel stuff, too. I mean, he he had a few other things and he his his baby, his thing that, you know, if you if you heard his name, you'd go, oh, he's doing such and such like that is months delayed because of that. Like mm. And it's just, it sucks. It's tough. And you, and these people doing it, a lot of them are young or young, young enough that like they have other things in their lives going on that are kind of crazy and exciting. But yeah, it's tough. I, I, I envy, like I said, I envy writers that can have that output and can get through projects and, and, and still have like a normal life. <laughs> I, I don't even, I don't, do I have a normal life? I don't even, <laughs> um, the, um, but I, yeah, um, I, I mean, I know, like, and, and Scott actually told me a story about a book that he worked on that ended up getting held up, and I didn't realize it until my book came out, and I ended up, like, a massive life crisis happened when Dash One came out. Massive. Um, to the point where it was, I, I, I didn't know, uh, it was just completely out of, it was like the, like, I'd always wanted a comic out, and it was like one of the best things in my life happening, and then, like, one of the worst things in my life like happened at the exact same time and it was like crap because <laughs> like and it got like you know like the first issue got like some pretty good press and so i you know and it was just like anytime i had to put it out it was just like it was, i was like oh i was it's very especially when you don't have a major major you know major production company behind you to kind of do all that for you you know it's only one or two or three people doing it it's yep. It's tough. It's really, 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 really tough. So, but well, um, I'm even more impressed then because, again, you know, what I've seen so far has been really good. And you know, honestly, even if it doesn't come out every month, it comes out every other month. Like, it's yeah, we really, we were, we were trying for that monthly, and then, and then, you know, but um, we're 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 working on building a team so we can start getting it out a lot quicker. Yeah, and and but I mean, I think one of the things you have going for you is it's not a major like Marvel or DC store owners aren't going to give you crap because they don't have books on their shelves. You know, as long as you keep making good connections with fans, you know, and building up the the reader base, I think you know indie indie books. There's more patience for those. You know what I mean? Um, is that I, I don't I, I I hope so. Like I, hope I think so. <laughs> I, like you look at Image and Image, like a lot of Image books are even doing the monthly for five and then they take yeah. like a month or two off so like even that bakes in a little bit of a uh oh okay so it's not you know i don't freak out when i don't see it you know what i mean right the only thing it does make at least from my perspective going to the, the bookstore you know going to the comic shop weekly or oh yeah weekly is you tend to miss books because like let's say the retailer for some reason forgets a book you know like uh, this happened to me the other day he didn't put you know, a wicked and divine in my, my poll or something. And that's, mm. that's a bad example. Cause that one it stands out on the, on the shelves, but some other book that maybe doesn't stand out as much or doesn't have as a higher order. You don't get it one month because you don't, you don't expect, you don't know when to expect it. You miss right. it. And then you find out, Oh, it's out. Oh crap. So, you know, it's just one of those things. And the more people go digital, the less that'll be a problem. And a uh, bunch, yeah. bunch of stuff for production. I, I'm a uh, digital has helped us out. Like, a lot. Um, I'm, I'm, st- I'm still such, I, like, with Delia and I, like, when we first started pitching the book, she was like, why don't we just, you know, if you want to do it as a graphic novel for it? I'm so, like, 
issue to issue kind of a guy and I'm starting to change a little bit now <laughs> but I'm still like so old school like I love I love waiting till the next issue you know I love I love that whole aspect of it of, of serialized storytelling but um yeah and but that but serialized storytelling is you know when it doesn't come out like bam 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 it is really easy to miss it especially if it's not like you know you know like top shelf or whatever right yeah yeah, yeah. well top, you know the big two or whatever yeah no, i know what you meant i mean top shelf script publisher too but no um i was gonna say i was like i just i just i was i'm not talking about top yeah you know. <laughs> what uh well so i mean obviously you know you deal you got a great relationship with her you're working on this other project are there any uh particular projects like big two or maybe even artists that you would just you would just kill to collaborate with or, 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 or a property that you would just kill. I know. And again, if you got, if you're working on a pitch, obviously, you know, whatever, don't, don't mention that. <laughs> but like, you know, are there any, are there any projects that would like dream projects for you? Uh, yeah, I have a list of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me a couple. I'll, I'll give, I'll give you a really obscure one though. I'll give you, I was just talking about it today, actually. Um, it's a, this old book, this old series from Marvel called damage control. Oh, I know Damage Control. Oh, yeah. I really would, and they haven't done anything with it, and I would love to 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 do something fun with that. Interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, it's just so it's such it's such a random little like, but I just love the whole like, you know, like these people are hired to clean up the superheroes' messes. I love that aspect of it, and and and. How Kingpin used to like own them and things like that. Like that it was like that was very that's very cool. I the cloak and dagger is probably another one. Um, I would love to get, do something with and um, uh, Catwoman. Like I, I'm a massive Batman fan, but I don't know if I could ever write Batman. I, I just think the anxiety would be too much for me. <laughs> like you know, it was just so like. But I mean, I, I I could I would love to write Catwoman. Um, I miss the at the Ed Brubaker Catwoman is a huge influence on me sure. it's a huge huge influence on me um i came into my life at the right time and it just uh i, I loved his supporting cast i i holly i don't know what the, i don't even think she's in the dcu right now oh you know what i don't know wait holly yeah like catwoman's like friend yeah you know i i want to say she might have popped up in when the new 52 came out i want to say she had i think that was one but it may have been another character like her because you know she's had a few uh close female friends or whatever but uh right yeah and and and, and um yeah and then remember ed, ed rubricker gave her a girlfriend and karen and i love that relationship oh yeah yeah yeah. okay yep i love that relationship and that's like just not there right now i just mm-hmm. But uh, the DC has been like shockingly awesomely diverse stuff right now. So, oh, um, they they turned a corner like nobody's business because for the longest time on but on every show that I was a part of and every show I would listen to, it was like wall to wall DC bashing, and I think deservedly so because they just they just made some creative decisions that I feel like took comics back like a decade or two uh, creatively. But then yeah, they decided hey this isn't working. Like they liked what Marvel was doing and they, they wanted to do something. Yeah, like, you know, they just, they liked what image was doing and they just said, you know what? Go crazy. Have fun. Do what you want. And they've got like six or seven. Well, non- they listened. Yeah. They, they, they listened. Exactly. Which, which, uh, you know, you, you get in the bubble and sometimes 
that community's voice doesn't always ring as as loudly as maybe maybe it should. I mean, I don't know because like there's been issues where the fan base, I feel like, have run creatives into the ground for things that like like the Airboy thing with James Robinson, like that Airboy series is like wasn't that the like crazy thing? Yep. And, and and it was like, man, if you realize where James Robinson's life has taken him and can, where where what kind of a, a major supporter of the LGBT community he is. Like you wouldn't be as virulent in your anger about this, you know, like you got to put stuff in context and like, uh, the, the, the Batgirl, uh, brouhaha with the, uh, I, it wasn't even a transsexual. It was, it was a, it was a drag queen villain. Like, oh yeah, drag yeah. queens can be villainous. Like I've met some really villainous drag queens. I, I fashioned, you know, we have the whole premise of, Drag is the new spandex. Well, spandex can be worn by a villain too. Like you know, you can have the yeah. good and the evil. Um, yeah, I, I I read it. I just it wasn't like my favorite issue, but like but like I had like I read it like like I'm so terrible with my pull list. I, I'm like I'll pick it up like months later, and I'm like and, which I need to stop doing because like my because my bill is always like seventy some dollars. So oh, like, I know it's all. How did it happen? But yeah, no, I know, and I there there's a. You know, like it's really awesome that we have this tool called the internet, and we can voice our opinions and stuff like that. And and uh, just some sometimes it's so there's so much outrage, there's so much outrage. I just want to like you know I just turn everything off because I just I can't I can't handle it. Oh yeah, and and you never know when you're gonna be that unwitting vic not victim. I don't want, I don't want to phrase it that way because obviously some of these communities that feel attacked they're the victims and ninety nine percent of the problems, right? But like you know, as an artist especially, you don't want to make that creative choice that then lands you in a world of hot water. I mean, it cuts both ways. I mean, you get a lot of good attention maybe, but it also just means you have to apologize for these creative decisions that. They're totally yours to make. You know, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a whole rat's nest. We've, we've talked about it a lot on the show, but, uh, you know, obviously as a writer, you've got to be sort of in the back of your head thinking about it. Like, is this gonna be something that starts a storm online? <laughs> well, I, well, here, well, Dylan and I have talked a lot about this. Um, just personally, but I, I, I was a part of a theater company called Theater for Transformation and it was, um, it was a black theater company. Um, that focuses on um, the African American experience in the Revolutionary War times. Um, we did plays um, about that, um, and, and 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 the artistic director's mission statement was forgiveness and having those awkward conversations where you are allowing someone to put their foot in their mouth and saying, you know, you you know, you put your foot in your mouth and let's talk about that, you know, and 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 hopefully, you know, like I like. Like I forgive you, I forgive myself for you know, like for for maybe maybe I, I pointed it out in the wrong way, and, and you know, I, I feel that's kind of the way you we have we have to start approaching this stuff, is is saying you know, okay, hey, look, you know, that probably wasn't the best creative decision you've ever made, so let's talk about it, you know, instead of being like raw, yeah, and I I feel like that's I don't see that ha- I feel that it's happening less and less, and it should be happening more and more, right, especially. Especially with like where it feels like there are things that are, th- things are getting a th- things are getting a, it feels like they're getting a little better. So like we should be able to have these open conversations more and more and more and more and say, and so we can we can talk to each other, you know. But I I, I, I worry that's not happening. Yeah, but, talk talk to each other. Don't yell at each other. Yeah, I just I, I and forgive each other. Oh yeah, that that's the word I feel that's missing from this from 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 the conversation. You know, 
I was just, I was just, I was just, I just saw. I just I was just looking at a friend was talking about how like he missed somebody like he missed he ret- he missed retweeting somebody's thing and the person like I, I saw it like apparently attacked him and I was like you didn't retweet I retweeted you blah 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 stop it calm right. down everyone have a drink <laughs> or, or don't or I don't know yeah don't no you you you're yeah of course I I yeah we we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't want to keep you too light. I mean, I know it's uh, there's there's lots of writing to do and uh, lots of fun things. Uh, where uh, let's see, we talked before the show. You're going to be at New York Comic Con. Yes, I'll be at New York Comic Con. I'll be also at Baltimore Comic Con. Oh, I can't go this year. I'm so pissed. I love that show. Uh, re- oh, I, I have never been, so I'm excited. I'm ex- I, I hear it's I, I hear it's an awesome show. So I'm if excited. yeah, if yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there's a lot of good stuff, a lot of artists, a lot of it, it's kind of like Heroes Con, but a little bigger, I would say, and and certainly more in a metropolitan area. I mean, you know, Philadelphia, or, uh, Baltimore is pretty pretty cool, and yeah. and being in the DC sort of whatever. But I mean, uh, you're gonna have a lot of fun, I have no doubt. There's some great people who are gonna be there this year. Uh, Bill uh, from the Comic Bears will be there. Please feel free, and I'll I'll definitely let him know that you're going because. Yeah, he, I'm sure, would love to see you. And a couple of the other comic book bears guys are going to be there, too. Cool. Um, but definitely uh, New York. Uh, you'll be at the Northwest booth. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be helping him run it. That's. Um, yeah, I'll be at the Northwest booth in Baltimore, too. Oh, so, okay, I didn't realize they were actually going to do, because this is the first time, or at least if they've done it, it, it I haven't been there, that uh, Zan had a booth there, so that's that's cool. Yeah, and I I believe, and I don't want to misspeak here, but um, but Leia, who's, who writes Bold Riley, is also going to be there. Oh, sweet. So it's going to be, like, the, there's, we're going to have some Northwest represent. <laughs> now I'm really jealous I won't be there for, for Baltimore, but again, you know, New York will be great, and it's really yeah. cool to see... Uh, Northwest get on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, it is. We're doing it. It's happening. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you so much again. Northwest is the publisher. Dash is the book. D A S H. Uh, issue four solicits September, so it'll be out sometime. What October, November? Uh, yeah, October, November. Um, probably like November. Um, yeah. And um, and hey, you know what? I want to say. I, I I wanted to say this at the top of the show. Um, but then we got to talking. I just want to say thank you. Like, like you've no idea, like every time, like you guys, like, like, like give us a shout out or something, like how much it means. Cause sometimes it feels like as an independent writer, we're just screaming into the void and like, I can't, I can't thank you guys enough for like all the support you've given in the book. It just means like, it means, I can't even tell you what it means. It's, uh, I, uh, well, I, I personally think that that you're absolutely welcome. And I, I absolutely think that if you are doing a gay or at least geeky or, or some points in between podcast or in the media, some likes, it is our job to help you guys get your products out there, especially if they're like good and interesting. And let's face it, like the superhero comic book world is pretty saturated. So anytime something like dash comes through, regardless of the gay, lesbian, you know, whatever it, it that it's a unique non-superhero story like that should be trumpeted to the world and we want as many people out there to check it out and try something that's not a superhero thank you that's it just means so much oh no absolutely we do any any, anytime and you know we'll uh we'll definitely talk to bill and see about uh maybe you making an appearance over on the other side of our uh 
or not our house, but the, our, our, our friends across the aisle, let's say now. Um, but no, thanks again, Dave. It's really been a pleasure. And again, Dash, uh, what's the website? You have a web presence for Dash, like a one-stop web place, right? Right. We have, um, and I'm, uh, I'm trying to get better at updating it. Um, it's called team-comic.com. You can find us on northwestpress.com. Um, we also have a Dash page on Facebook. Please give us a thumbs up. That'd be awesome. And and we're hoping to do some interesting things with it soon. Cool. Well, we'll put links up in the show notes so they can go click the links. And, and uh, again, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Flame On, a podcast made possible by Powder Milk Biscuits, The Ones in the Blue Box, a comic shop, and the generous support of tops and bottoms like you. If you want to be one of our sugar daddies, you can help out by telling a cute single friend about us, reviewing us on iTunes, or putting some dollars down our digital G-string in our monthly support drive. For more ridiculously entertaining and socially enlightening episodes of Flame On, as well as other fine programs, head on over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to Flame On and all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via iTunes. And be sure to find us on Twitter at Flame On Podcast or Facebook on our Flame On fan page. And make sure to check out flameonshow.com for more nerdy queer in your ear. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.